Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Are you looking for engaging superhero stories? How about urban fantasy? You know, something your preteens or teens would be interested in? Meet Mercury Hale, monster slayer, paid vigilante, and hero of mystical realms. But the problem is, Mercury is not who he thinks he is, and he's not alone. This is a super fun series for those who love action, adventure, and superhero movies. These books prove that Christian fiction is expanding its boundaries. There are creatures with tentacles and blue ooze on the first page. What's not to love about that? Check out Mercury at Risk and the rest of the books in the series from Steve Raza. Hi friend, Trisha Goyer here. Do you feel as if you're spinning your wheels in life? Does it feel like you're working a little too hard and not getting anywhere? Or maybe you have a hard time getting started and you're not making the kind of progress you want. This can be progress with your kids, homeschooling, work, following your dreams, or a million other things. Now we often find ourselves spinning our wheels because we're stuck in the mud of our emotions. We work hard, but instead of focusing on progress, we focus on the too long to-do list. We see where we're falling short instead of where we are succeeding. Yes, I have a bad habit of doing that too, believe it or not. There are so many things we don't even start because we're so sure we're just going to fail. We judge ourselves or our work before we even give ourselves a chance. And how fair is that? It is not fair at all. So many of our struggles stem from the root of fear. The emotion of fear bogs us down. The whispers of fear stop us short. The fears of failures cause us to give up even before getting started. Yet, I have good news. The good news is that we can do things differently. We can believe, we can try, and yes, we can even succeed. So any success comes from actually starting in our hearts and minds first. So the reason you're spinning your wheels is because you're most likely doing the same things over and over, the things that may seem safe, but they don't work at all. So today, my friend, Dr. Magdalena Battles, and I discuss time-saving tips to help you succeed. But before we jump into those tips, we start with this question. Are your decisions based on your personal values? You see, once we understand our personal values, we know what we want. We also have the motivation to take steps towards success because these steps are birthed from deep in our hearts. So a few years ago, I wrote a book, Balanced, because people all the time will say, how do you do all the things that you do? 
So really, I wrote that book to give them a peek into how I do this very thing. I look at my values, I make my decisions on them, and then I go from there, and little by little, I do succeed. So one of the things that I include in the book is an activity, and I'll tell you what it is right now, but you can also get the book and check it out. So I encourage readers to list everything they do in a week. Yes, everything. And then to label those things between one and four. So one are the things that you have to do, the super priorities. Two are things that should be doing. Three are things that you enjoy doing um, that that might not be something you have to do every week, but it is still something you enjoy. And then fours are the things like things you're doing because you feel guilty or you didn't want to say no. Or maybe it's something that worked for a different season, but it doesn't work now. So after I encourage people to write all these things out and label them between one, you know, label them one, two, three, or four, then delete all the fours. And I have actually done this. I cut things out that were not serving my family at the time, things that maybe used to work, things that I was doing because I didn't want to tell someone no. And I discovered that those fours are usually based on fears. I've discovered that in my life and the lives of others who have also done this. So really, they're fears of saying no, fears of maybe missing out, fears of rejection, fears of being left behind. So we're going to cut out those fours because when we say no, it actually frees us to do more of the things we really want to say yes to. Then we can focus on these time-saving tips because we know where we're headed and we're trying to figure out better ways to get there. So today, my guest Magdalena and I will do a deep dive as we talk through our values and choices. And this is a question that she has um, in the books, or a few questions that she has in the book that she encourages us to answer. First, where would you like to spend most of your time during the week? Second, what is most important to you? And third, what do you value most in the world? So from there, Magdalena and I talk about time-saving tips that really work. And they work, again, because they're based on our values. So I know you're going to enjoy this podcast with myself and Dr. Magdalena Battles. Um, Welcome, Magdalena. Thank you for being here today. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Well, I know you and I both, you know, writing and speaking and raising kids. And so I know probably like me, you get the question, how do you do it all? And I have a feeling that that's kind of the reason why you wrote the book. So just tell us the background of why you wrote this book and what you hope that parents will take away from it. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a little backstory on my life so it makes sense. Um, So when my husband and I got married, we decided we wanted to start a family right away. I was 30, he was 40, and we wanted to have children and we wanted to have three or four kids. Um, We got pregnant right away after we got married and uh, we were blessed with a son 10 months after we got married and his name was Baron Christian Battles. Unfortunately, he um, got weak just a few weeks after he was born and Mm. um, um, we went to the ER. I thought he just wasn't nursing properly and... um, they said, no, we need to check him into the hospital. He seems very low muscle tone and other things. And so um, we found out very shortly after that, uh, that he actually had a, a disease called spinal muscular atrophy and that it was a fatal disorder for infants. Mm. So he only lived eight weeks, um, but it, it, it was a 
turning point in my life. It, it really showed that um, I'm going to cherish the children that I do have when I eventually do have them. And I do now. But yeah. in that moment, it was like, it became so clear to me that I need to spend time with my family, with my children, because they are so precious and the time is fleeting, regardless of the amount of time that they're in our household, whether they're, you know, just a few months or years or all the way till they're 18. It is a blessing to have them. And God has entrusted us with these precious lives. And so um, we need to do what we can to be there for them, because one of the greatest assets that we have in life that we can give others is our time. And uh, so now we have three kids. Uh, we have Brielle, who is nine, and then Charlie and Alex, twins who are seven. And uh, once I started in this motherhood journey, I realized life is hard. Yes. Even if when you're a stay-at-home mom, oh my goodness, you can be so overwhelmingly busy. Uh, and so I, this book was born out of um, the need for others they kept asking me, how do you do it? How do you do it all? I have a doctorate in psychology. And so I used a lot of things for my education in this book, along with my personal experience on um, how I, you know, streamline things in our life so that we aren't overly busy because I find it so easy to get caught up in the rat race of life and, and just not have time for our family members. And really, that's what it's all about. We're here to cherish the time with our family. And um, God gave us these blessings. So, um, I like to help others so they do have that time to spend with their family members. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing your story about your son. And um, I know it's those moments where we realize that life is precious and we need to not just get so busy that we don't enjoy the people around us, the people that God has mm -hmm. given us. Um, my oldest son, I was a teen mom. I had him when I was 17 and he was only oh, four yeah. months old when he got really sick. And the, the doctor at first said that, um, he just had colic, but he really wasn't eating and he was lethargic. Mm -hmm. And finally, after a couple of days, he still wasn't getting better. I took him to the ER and he had spinal meningitis. He oh, was only wow. four months old. They had to fly him to a children's hospital a couple hours away. And here I am 17 or as I actually 18 wow. by this time, but on the flight with my baby going to this hospital and he ended up, um, recovering we were only there for five days it was a miracle wow. lots of prayer went up but like yes. you I mean we we don't realize until something like that happens that you know life is so precious and so fragile and then mm -hmm. you know sometimes we forget and we get caught up in all the busyness again right. and having all the kids my oldest now he's 32 so it's been wow. a lot of years but you know, they're so soon out of the home. And I love just the message of your book is that we need to focus on what is really important. Mm -hmm. um, we need to have place priority on the things that, you know, looking back years from now, we're going to, you know, know that we, we did put our focus on the things that were most important. So talk about that, because I know you talk about, um, you know, the psychology and knowing your hierarchy of importance, because sometimes it's the busy things that really makes us miss out on the most important things. I'd love to hear you share more about that. Yes, absolutely. So I know when people pick up the, the book, they you know are looking for the tips and tricks. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of those in the book, but I do start the first chapter with what is your hierarchy of importance? You must know that in order to determine what you should be saying yes to and what you should be saying no to. And a lot of times we say yes to activities that really are frivolous, that um, 
don't necessarily um, help contribute to our quality of life and they really aren't aligned with our personal values. Um, for example, I had a friend that wanted me to play soccer and I had a really hard time saying no to this soccer league because I wanted to be friends with her and I wanted to spend that time with her. However, I'm not that great at soccer to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I found that I, I actually would rather just spend the time going out to coffee with her and, and doing that rather than taking out two or three hours per week, doing an activity that I might necessarily not want to do, but I'm doing to stay in shape and to be with her. But I had to assess, is this really going to be worth the time and energy that I'm going to put into it every single week? And so it was one of those that I said, no. Um, But it's hard to say no, because we don't want to disappoint people around us. But in order to be um, a good steward of the time that God has given us, and in order to protect the time with our families, we need to look at objectively how we are spending our time. And so knowing our hierarchy of importance is, is most important. And I go through questions that people um, can ask themselves so that they can identify their their values and what is most important in their lives. For example, mine is God first, my husband second, and my ch- children third. And then underneath that is career and extended family and friends. So with that in mind, when I get asked to do something, I have to look at it. Does it reach my top five? Does it contribute to that in some way? Um, Or is it something that is really extraneous and I don't need to be doing? Or is it something that is a hobby and that I need that outlet in that time? Because we still need hobbies and we need downtime uh, for ourselves as well. So we have to have a balance there. Um, But, you know, a lot of times we're saying yes to activities that are actually more work for us uh, that we don't need to be doing that really, um, it may not be the season or right time. So seasons of life, we need to assess that as well. Yeah. And I love, um, some of the questions are, where would you like to spend most of your time during the week? What Mm -hmm. is most important to you? What do you value most in the world? And years ago when I just had three, we have 10 now. (laughs) So when we just had three, I was just so overwhelmed and running to this practice and that practice Mm -hmm. and this kid and this activity. And I was volunteering to clean the church and help cook for the church suppers. And it was so overwhelming. And John's like, we need to sit down and like go over this. And he'd go over everything that I was doing. It's like, why are you doing this? And a lot of it was, like you said, I didn't want to say no. Like all the other ladies are volunteering to clean the church once a month. And he's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you are working on your writing. You have three kids that you're homeschooling. Like you can say no. And so Mm -hmm. I went through and like you, the question, where would you like to spend your time? Once I cut out the things that I wasn't really enjoying um, and people, I thought there would be like more complaints when I said, I can't do this. People are like, okay, thank you. You know, they were right. It's like, yeah, the, they were still my friends that didn't hate me because right. I said no. And it freed up the time to do the things that I really wanted to focus on. Yes. And so I love that when you, when we pause and think about it, so many times it is that like, oh, I shouldn't say no to this person. And Mm -hmm. really, we're wasting the time that we have with the things that we want the most or the people who we want to spend the most time with on Mm -hmm. things that really don't matter in the long run. And so, you know, my husband and I focus on family dinners and serving together Mm -hmm. in church. And now, you know, our kids are grown and out of the house. And I never regret reclaiming that time for the things that are really important. So I love how you start out with that because, yeah, there's a lot of tips and tricks for, for saving time. But if we're... If we're spending the time um, doing things that don't matter, it's it's not going to help us in the long run. Exactly. You're so right. 
So let's talk about some of these tips and how did you decide like what to focus on? Because I'm sure I, I know, I mean, I followed you online. There's, you're always giving such great advice and such great tips. Oh, so how did you. you say like, okay, these are the things I want to focus on when I'm working on this book? Yeah, it, it came out mostly because of a, a, I had an article that went viral on Lifehack. I'm one of the writers for them. It's one of the top self-help websites in the world. And this article was a very popular one on their website. And a lot of it came out of me recalling questions that people have asked me. Mm. How do you do this? How do you do that? Um, and so I was looking at the different things that people have asked me in the past and and thinking, okay, what kind of information do they want? Um, and so it, a lot of it was born out of my personal experience. Um, and, and, um, for example, organization, I like to keep an organized home, but it's not necessarily easy, you know, with family and having children, but it's something that we can teach them. And so I give a lot of tips on how to keep an organized home in a way that's realistic with small children, um, yet feasible and, and doable for, for moms. Yeah. And I think so much of it is not that you talk about is not trying to be perfect. Like we can't, especially when you have kids. And I say, you know, the, I I think I saw this like an adornment, like the, the more kids in the house, the the more I have to let go kind of of having Mm -hmm. it all together. So, um, and I, I love how it's not about like, okay, let's be perfect in this areas, but like, let's, of course we want to be organized. We want to, you know, save time on certain things, but we're real people with real families. And so we have to kind of relax. And one of the chapters I really loved was don't do too much for your kids because I see this as I, I would say overall people are way too controlling um their kids are over scheduled and you talk about Mm -hmm. that too their kids are they have to have the right outfit the right shoes the right and I'm like yeah you know and they're they're doing all these things for their kids instead of just letting kids be kids so I would love for you to share more about that yes we definitely need to let our kids have downtime um if if for example, with my kids, we're in public school. We're back in school now. Um, if they go to school from eight to three, and then they have uh, with three kids, they each have a different practice. Then where is the time going to go? Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to go to those practice times. Are we going to be able to have dinner together if they have a practice every single night? What time, you know, will they have to do their homework when they get home? Um, which means, which leads to bedtime and, and we've run out of time right. and they don't have any time to actually play and be children. So we need to assess our schedules and say, okay, where are we allowing them to have free time and play time during the week? Because during the school day, they're scheduled. You know, if, if it's, if they're going to public school and if you have more flexibility in homeschooling, which is great, you know, you can schedule that, that downtime and your recess time in your home. And we did that when we had COVID um, lockdowns here. So we did homeschooling for a while and um, it was something we could schedule in. But now that we're back in school, I realize okay, we have to make sure we don't overschedule our kids Mm -hmm. because they do need that downtime and that playtime. And that's something that I've um, as a doctor of psychology that I researched heavily was um, child development and the importance of play. So I actually have a book on that called The Importance of Play. Ooh. And it's because it, it is because children need play. It is how they learn best. It is what helps them developmentally. It, it just helps with their creativity and so much of, of who they become happens through play. And so we need to make sure we're allowing that free play time and if we've taken it away, we've really done our, a disservice to our children. We might think, well, we're, they're getting piano lessons and they're getting, you know, soccer. They're in a soccer team and they're learning some sports skills. Well, that's great. 
but they still need time to be creative and to have free play and interaction with their peers without the interference of adults. That is so key to their development. Um, so we need to make sure that we're allowing for that. And so we have to assess, are we overscheduling our kids? And I think pre-COVID, a lot of us were overscheduling mm-hmm. our kids. After COVID, we realized, you know, we don't necessarily have to go back to that. We can decide to do less. You know, does it really matter if my daughter's not in dance anymore? No, nope. she hasn't mentioned it once. She honestly has not even thought yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, guess she didn't miss it. I won't bring it up. <laughs> so there are things that we've, we've, you know, taken off of our schedule and off of our plates. And it's helped to give us a lot more breathing space in our life. And, and it, brings the stress level down for kids. A lot of kids, you'll find that they suffer from um, anxiety. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. a higher rate of anxiety in our kids these days. And I believe a lot of that has to do with overscheduling and putting too much pressure on our kids. We might not think it's pressure, but it's pressure to learn the piano, pressure to learn the dance routines, pressure to perform at soccer. All those things, you know, even though we're saying, oh, just do your best, just have fun. It is still pressure to perform. So we need to assess, you know, make sure that we aren't saying those things that cause pressure, but at the same time, limit those activities because they do need downtime um, in order to uh, be children. So if we find that our kids are being anxious, they're having sleeping too much or not sleeping enough, having insomnia, having eating problems, you know, we look, we need to look at, okay, what's going on in their life that may be causing this. And for a lot of kids, there is overscheduling going on and we need to take things back a bit, let them just be kids. Absolutely. I, I talk about this in my book, Calming Angry Kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I you know, talk about overscheduled and overwhelmed. Because when you think about it, like they just want to sit down and play with their toys or run around in the yard or in the neighborhood with friends. And we're like, get your shoes on, get in the car. And of course, right. we're going to have anxiety, we're going to have anger, we're going to have frustration, because they, you know, especially if they're just doing school all day, and then they are being rushed to this and rushed to that. Now you mm-hmm. have to eat and you have to like what you eat. <laughs> I mean, we're yes. just like these people over them just hounding them. And um, I see so much of uh, that, that anxiety that builds into anger, because they don't know how to handle it. They know how to communicate. They're mm-hmm. exhausted and they're just kids. And um, I think yeah. I totally agree with you about the playtime. I remember just with my first three, I took two hours in the afternoon. They were, you know, early elementary age and I would mm-hmm. spend my time to write. And I felt like such a horrible mom because I'm not entertaining them. I'm not taking them to this class right. or that thing. And they yeah. were playing and looking back it's, now, it was yeah. the best thing. It's like it best. was the best thing. Yes. And I've done the same thing. So we have a pool and during the summertime, my kids will go out in the pool and swim for several hours. And and at first I felt the same way. I felt, you know, guilty about, oh, I should be interacting with them and playing with them. Hey, you know what? I can, I can spend 15 or 20 minutes interacting with them and then they can go and do their own thing because they need that time with one another as well. And they need to be able to, you know, have this free play. It is so beneficial to them. Yeah. It's so funny because a friend came by the other day to drop something off and she's like, your kids, like one of them was on a skateboard with like a mat on top of it with a rope and the other one was pulling them up and down the street. I'm like, oh, good. They're being creative. Like, yes. Yeah. Great. Oh, my goodness. A skateboard and a mat. Yeah. My kids um, the other day, I they went missing from the yard. I'm like, where are you? You, can't, you have to tell me before you go out on the sidewalk. And so they were, we have a little park next to our house. And so they're walking through the park. I realized they have one of the bikes and hooked up to the bike is my husband's utility wagon. So not uh-huh. just a regular wagon, but a utility wagon. And then they're hauling the chickens. So they've gotten the chickens <laughs> out of the chicken coop and they put them in the wagon and they're hauling them around the park. Yeah. <laughs> so, my kids want chickens. Kids. 
Yeah. Yes. They, w- they would love to play with your kids and the chickens because, you know, we have the we have a guinea pig, a turtle, three birds, oh. two dogs and a rabbit. And that's still not enough. Now they want chickens. Oh so. We love chickens. And I think they're easier than most pets. They, they're they really pretty self-sufficient. My kids love them. And, and I love that they do the work. That's another thing about, you know, not doing too much for your kids. If they have pets, they're going to do the work. They yeah. are the ones that are going to learn how to clean the chicken coop. They're going to learn how to feed them, let them out. And, and do the work so that we're not doing it all because that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be we're team battles. We work together. We do things together. And then we each have our individual things that we need to, to do to contribute to the family. Are you looking for a special gift for a preteen or teen reader? Consider The Seventh Son by Lonnie Forbes. Mayana is one of six royal daughters. Only one young woman will become empress, while the others will lose their lives. By chapter 17, I understood that The Seventh Son is the first book in a beautiful allegory. Even as I invested in Mayana's story, this allegory made me consider my own life. What does my God truly require of me? Am I simply doing religious rituals because that's what I've been taught? Or is there something more to them? This is a beautifully written story that gets readers to look at truth, love, and sacrifice in a unique way. Check out Lonnie's Forbes book, The Seventh Son. And that's the other thing I wanted to lean into is that our kids are, you say our kids are far more competent and capable than we give them credit for. And I totally agree. I mean, when my kids turn 10, they have to start doing their own laundry. They have to keep their room clean. They have to fold and put their clothes away. They, you know, help with meals. They each have chores that they help with. And I think it is so important now that especially I have adult children who are able to cook a meal, have friends over. You know, my son has his own apartment and he manages all the things. He does the cleaning and the laundry and all these things while he's a college student. And I think this is so important. And too often we don't um, let kids be capable. We are so Mm -hmm. busy controlling them. My daughter, she's the one, she got the bird for her birthday, but she researched on getting this cockatiel and she got it from an, we, we adopted an egg basically, put a deposit on an egg. She wanted it early so she could hand feed it. She had all the research. She takes care of that bird by herself. She's training it and she's 11. Um, And she's the one that called around to all the pet stores to find out when she could get a a bird as young as she could. She did all the research and we're like, okay, yes, you can have that for your birthday because she showed us this is the food it needs. This is where we need to get it. This is the Mm -hmm. pet store that said we could put a deposit down and she's 11. Um, So I think so many times kids, when we give them the opportunity, can do far more than we think they can. Absolutely. And then just think about the life skills that she's learning and doing this and that process. It'll help her with things like searching for a job Mm -hmm. someday, you know, being able to do cold calls and and to get information and and to put herself out there. I mean, that that is a great lesson and great, valuable um, experience that will help her in the long run. Absolutely. So I, I, 
one of the examples that I, I like to use is um, I've done a lot of mission trips to Guatemala. And in my time there, I would always see small children. I mean, kids that are like five and six years old selling packs of gum on the street um, or like they're little girls, Guatemalan girls that will braid your hair and put these ribbons in it. And I've hired them to do that. And I remember having one that she was so young, she couldn't even count the change. So she couldn't even count money. She was unable to count. And so I'm counting the money for her and trying to help her learn that skill. But I'm thinking, my goodness, these kids are out there on the street, like making a living and supporting their family because they truly are, you know, extremely impoverished in some of these areas. And um, it's just the circumstance that they're in. So everybody in the family works. Uh, But to imagine that these children can get out on the street Mm -hmm. and sell wares to support their family, then my kids very well at the same age can at least make their bed. Exactly. (laughs) And you're leading exactly where I want to go next, which is chores. Um, Because I am such a believer in chores and we have a chore chart that we stick to. And every day is a day of the week. It tells them whether they're doing the living room chore, the kitchen chore, the bathroom chore. I mean, we have this rotating schedule and they're capable. And when dinner's done, I, you know, I cook dinner. I usually have some helpers, but I walk away and my husband and I will sit and have some talk time while the kids are cleaning the kitchen. And it's such a good way to train them because someday they are going to have their own homes and need to know to do these things. So talk to us about um, advice that you have for parents dealing with chores. Yeah, we need to start having our kids do chores as early as possible. So mm-hmm. even the little ones, once they start walking and stuff, it's like, here, go throw away your diaper in the garbage can. Yeah. They are capable of doing that. So we need to teach them very young that they're not helpless, that they're capable, and that they can help out. And then we praise them for it. Praise goes so far in helping um, our kids learn the value of of. Um, helping out. And it also builds their self-esteem and their confidence. So we want to give them an opportunity to build their confidence. And one way to do that is through chores. So not only is it helping you with the workload around the house, but it's also helping to build their self-esteem and they're building life skills for the future. We want to be able to have our kids, you know, graduate from school and be able to go out and, you know, get their apartment and know how to clean it, yeah. know how to scrub a toilet, know how to make a meal and, and not just mac and cheese and hot dogs, but a real meal. So in order for those to, them to have, have those skills when they leave our home, they need to learn those skills while they're in our home. And so it's up to us. Are we letting them do that? Or are we just, you know, I have a lot of friends that they just have cleaning people. And so the cleaning people do it and the kids never would touch a toilet. I'll tell you what, my kids know how to clean toilets. Yeah, <laughs> They know how to do that. So we have an every other week schedule with the cleaners. So on the off weeks, my kids clean. Um, and, and it might not be perfect, but that's okay. They're learning. It's a learning process. And sometimes we have to get down on our hands and knees and show them how to do things specifically, you know, how to get behind the toilet, how to do it, um, to the amount of detail that we want. Not that it's going to be perfect, but we're teaching them the skills and we're working with them along the way too. So we're empowering them as well. So I I like to use chore charts. Um, I think they're very helpful. It gives a visual of here's Mm -hmm. what you need to do. Here's what is expected of you. And they get to mark it off. Um, It's up to every individual family, whether they give rewards for that. We do in our house. um, It's a very good motivating factor for our kids. And and it helps also when we go to the grocery store or go to Walmart, Target, whatever. If they say, see a toy and they say, oh, I want that. I'll say, did you finish your chart? Yeah. (laughs) And so they know they, they get the thing that they want, you know, they work towards a toy. Once they finish, they have like 50 check 
uh, check marks on their sheet. If they finish those 50 boxes, they get a toy that's the equivalent of 10 to $15. If they want something that's more, then they have to save up their charts. They need to save two or three charts for something bigger. My daughter wanted a pink kayak one year. So it was ended up being um, $100 for the kayak. And I think she had to do four or five charts to earn that. So it took her three or four months. Uh, but she did it. And she felt very proud of herself. And she loves her kayak because she earned it. So um, I think it's so important that we allow kids the opportunity to serve in the household because we want them to learn those skills, but also gives them an opportunity to get some things that they want to and earn it rather than just giving them things. Because yes, do we have the ability to just say, oh, we'll go buy that for you? Well, maybe we shouldn't. You know, we need to think about what are we, are we, um, you know, creating spoiled children because it becomes very easy to do mm -hmm. that. And we do that sometimes out of guilt. We'll say, oh, well, they didn't, you know, this happened to them or that happened to them or, you know, whatnot, whatever it may be. We still need to be cognizant of, you know, kids still need to earn things. It, it's just a good, valuable lesson. Because in life, they're going to have to earn things. <laughs> they're not going to get everything handed to them. And, you know, I think that's why so many people just rack up all this debt because they're wanting all the things without realizing mm -hmm. that it does take time and work to go behind it. We, we do the same thing. We do a dollar per week per age if they get all their chores done. And so we will Great. go, you know, every day we're checking to make sure all, everything's done. And um, we have a little app on our phone. So either my husband and I can put in there that all the chores have been done and then they get that money boost. And on Saturdays um, it's when they'll say, you know, usually like how much money do I have? But yeah, if they want something that costs 40 or $50, it's multiple weeks of doing chores of helping out and not just spending money on little things um, that they need to save up that money. And some are really good about saving. Some are not so good about saving. Right. And we're like, yes. you know, I bet you would really like that right now, but you didn't save your money, so you're going to have to wait. And it's been a really good lesson for all of them. Yes, that's a great lesson in itself, you know, learning that, okay, if I don't save for it, I can't have it. Yeah. You know, so it's such good lessons for them to learn along the way. And even our teens, they had to save up their money for their phone um, oh, to yes. be able to buy their own phone. And they pay for their mm -hmm. phone plan, which is a discount because, you know, it's on the family plan. But right. if you want a phone, we're not just going to give you a phone just to give you a phone. Like you save up your money to buy your own phone and they take care of that phone because yes. they had a, it, it. And if you want a really nice phone, you're going to save even more money. It's going to take even longer. And so it is such good motivation for them to know that things cost. And um, yes, of course, there's things that we do as a family and we're all going to mm -hmm. do this together. But if you want those special things that you're going to have to save your money for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Oh, so good. And I want to mention too, just, uh, just being able to cook for themselves. And I, I'm, I'm shocked, you know, so many young people don't even know how to make a meal, make a dinner, like you said, beyond mac and cheese right. and hot dogs. And I love yes. getting our kids in there and helping. So we are barely like skimming the surface of all the things that are in the book. So why don't you just share maybe one more thing, um, one more tip I'll let you choose that you found a lot of people find really helpful. Okay. I think um, chapter seven, which is work as though everything were urgent. Mm. So I like to give this analogy. Imagine you were told you get to go on a all expense paid trip to Hawaii for the next seven days, but everything on your to-do list has to be done before you can leave the next day. So that means you have everything on your to-do list. It has to be done in mm. one day. How motivated would, we, would you be to get everything done in that day so you could get that trip? We'd be very motivated, yeah. obviously. Yeah. We would get it done in a hurry. Well, think about if we did that 
day after day, how much more productive would we be if mm-hmm. we had that sort of urgency to get things done? And so I think some of the things that we uh, get done in life, they get done little later, a little slower. And it's because we procrastinate because we don't feel like doing it, but we need to step it up and, and say, you know what, I'm going to get this done because then I can get ahead a little further and get things done quicker and do the things that I really enjoy doing. So I say working as though you're urgent, but there are some, there's another tip that I use in, in this chapter and that I've told friends and it is, um, I use a timer and I used mm-hmm. to do this um, where I'll say, okay, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes and I'm going to pick up the house for the next 30 minutes and then I'm done. So, you know, I have company coming over. I'm like, I'm just going to do my best. I'm going to give it 30 minutes because then I need to move on to something else. You know, I have writing to do or I want to spend time with the kids, whatever it may be. But I don't want to, you know, let this cleaning project go on for two or three hours, which it could. Yeah. You know, we get lost by the wayside and, oh, look at the, the, the baseboards are dirty when he can go clean those or, you know, oh, it's, you know, there's the, the windows really need to be washed. Well, maybe that's not the time. So you have to learn where you, how you assess your time and say, look, I'm going to do this, this amount of time, then I can move on to other things. And you'll find that you work with so much more urgency and that things get done quicker because you're moving faster. So I think that is a helpful tip for moms that, you know, we don't need to, uh, procrastinate on things and just let them go. We can we can do it and just give ourselves a time limit. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get the job done. Yeah. And I think that's so important because we put stuff off and then we're like kind of watching TV while we're doing this mm-hmm. thing. And you realize like hours pass and nothing really got done. And I will, sometimes I write it down, but other times I'll make a mental note. So today was like, I'm going to do three loads of laundry. So I got up and I'm you know folding laundry. I'm doing laundry. I also made a mental note. We have the a big box of books in the living room that I need to sort to figure out which ones are going to Goodwill and which ones I'm passing on to friends or grandkids. And like in my mind, I put these are the things I'm going to get done. And so before I do other things, I'm going to make sure and focus on those things and just get them done. Mm -hmm. And then it's the, you know, tomorrow there's something else I'll pick that I'll focus on. And I do the same thing with my writing. I'll say, okay, this Mm -hmm. is the one thing I'm going to work on. And it's amazing when you spend 30 minutes, an hour on these things, by the end of the year, you get a lot accomplished. And so mm-hmm. I think so many times it is, we're just like piddling around our day and mm-hmm. we're just wasting time when yes. things can get done. And then, like you said, we can enjoy the time. We could go spend time with our family. We could go for a walk. We could get in the pool with mm-hmm. our kids. Um, and it really makes a difference. And I, so I, I love that you focus on that um, too, because I think everyone can, can just do that, you know, put that, like you said, 30 minutes in and get it done and then move on from that. Yes, yes. It helps you focus in on that project, whatever you're doing. So you're not continually picking up your phone or getting distracted because you're like, I only have 30 minutes to do this. So I'm focusing on this. I'll pick up my phone when I'm done. (laughs) Yes, I love that so much. Okay, so the the name of the book again is 10 Time Saving Tips for Busy Parents. I highly recommend it. We're going to have, you mentioned one of your other books, and I'll put that in the show notes too. Where can people go to find more information about you and all that you're doing? Yes, they can go to my website, which is www.livingjoydaily.com. That's livingjoydaily.com. And you can also find my books on Amazon. So I have three books that are out now and um, you can find me there or on Whitaker uh, Publishing as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. And um, I know you're a blessing. I know so many people are going to be encouraged. So definitely, friends, go out and get this book and um, it'll help you a lot. But thank you, Magdalena. Thank you so much. 
Book lovers, imagine what it would be like to see the spoken words of a gifted storyteller crystallizing into tangible objects right before your eyes. This idea was what drew me into Lindsay A. Franklin's debut fiction novel, The Story Peddler. But great news is there are two more in the series, The Story Raider and The Story Hunter. You are going to love these award-winning books. Lindsay Franklin is a wonderful author. She's a homeschooling mom of three. But the best part is, once you start her stories, you're going to be entranced. As if you were drawn by a story weaver. Check out all Lindsay's books wherever books are sold. for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again.